Here we go, everybody. Here we go. A brand new episode, edition, what have you, of the Loftus Party Podcast. New studio. I hope everything sounds cool. I think uh, I think uh, producer Rick's going to have his work cut out for him today. We're going to try to make it work. I had a whole game plan. You guys, you... Uh, I was pretty pretty proud of myself. Pretty proud of myself. I got my list of topics uh, that I wanted to make sure I hit, things I didn't want to forget about, articles I wanted to quote, the whole discussion. Then my buddy sent me literally just moments ago. Like I sat I, I sat down, I actually tuned up the old guitar. I'm like, maybe I'll maybe I'll do some little fills with that in there. Keep it fun, keep it light. So my buddy, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to record. Here we have it. Skadoosh! My buddy sent me an article that threw me over the edge. That threw me over the edge. And I can't, I can't dance around it anymore. I feel like I gotta unleash. Here's the article. Here's the one I'm talking about. This is from uh Politico. Now, my buddy, Ari. Hey, Ari, what's up? What's up, buddy? Thanks for sending it. (laughs) Thanks for sending me this article that uh, put me in a podcast tailspin. It's an article from uh, Politico. uh, And it came out today. And here's, here's the title of it. Liberals should be worried about the conservative comedy scene. All right. So that's it. There, there you go. There's your headline. Ooh, liberals should be worried about this. They should be worried about the conservative comedy scene. The authors of a new book on right-leaning humor say conservatives, long dismissed by liberals as not funny, are making humor work for them, and that could make a difference in the polls. Oh, gosh, that's going to be scary, right? That's going to be scary for the for the left-leaning people because uh, we've been dismissed as, as not funny conservative comedians. So here we go. Let's just... We're going to start this opening paragraph, and then I'm going to go the F off. There's a very good chance I could go the F off and just and let and just start spilling the beans. Start spilling the tea. Start telling tales. We might as well. The state of conservative comedy. And you, you guys, get, you get the inside scoop. I love you. So here we go. The opening paragraph to the Politico article. Since the golden days of political satire in the early 2000s. So they're talking, they're talking Daily Show there. They're calling that political satire, the, the Daily Show. I have to think that's what they're referencing. Since the golden days of political satire in the early 2000s. Oh, you know what? And I, I guess you could throw in the uh, Colbert did a funny show. I, I, would, I would call the, the Colbert show funny. Left-leaning journalists and comedy critics have wondered with a mix of smugness and genuine curiosity. Genuine curiosity, everybody. Why conservatives aren't funny? Why? Why Why aren't they funny? And why, these critics ask, are the comedic bits at CPAC? It's funny they should bring that up. So terrible. And where is the conservative Jon Stewart? And why hasn't there been a right-of-center rejoinder to Saturday Night Live? Let's just start there. Let's, uh, oh, no, I, no, ooh, no, no, it gets juicier, but we're going to circle back to that. <laughs> Jen Pasaki. The various explanation for the right's comedic deficiencies all circle back to the ba- same basic thesis, that there's some sort of intrinsic contradiction between conservatism and comedy. 
As the academic Amber Day put it in her book, Satire and Dissent, the nature of conservatism does not meet the conditions necessary for political satire to flourish. There you go. You know who types something like that? Uh, an unfunny cunt. How about that? Someone who's just a... Conservatism originates from a place that repudiates humor. You're a frickin' moron. You're a dumb, unfunny moron. Okay. We got we to go back. I, I'm going to get ahead of my... This is going to be the whole show. Actually, it's not going to be the whole show. I wouldn't do that to you. Just listening to Angry Michael. Okay. So, uh, so here's a fun-to-know fact. Uh, why conservatives aren't funny? Why these critics? Why aren't the comedics? Why are the comedic bits at CPAC so terrible? Well, I don't know. You'd have you'd have to ask the people who who book uh, CPAC about that. I've never I've never performed at CPAC. I'm performing at Ampfest. Skadoosh! I'm doing Ampfest West. That's coming up in the beginning of June. Go to I believe it's Ampfest. I'll I'll I'll, I'll get the uh, the website for you. But here's the deal. Where is the conservative John Stewart? Well, I would uh, I would say right now that there is a conservative John Stewart out there, and it's 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 Greg Gutfeld. It's Greg Gutfeld, and he wins. He gets over two million. He averages over two million viewers a week. But as to like a formatted show like that, here's where the here's where the uh, conservative John Stewart is. He's not allowed to participate. This is the, the classic, this is what the left does. They, they ignore, they completely ignore anyone funny on the right. Anyone truly funny on the right is not allowed to participate in television. Then they say, oh, because there's a lack of this thing, it must all suck. Oh, the reason, uh, the reason there's no conservatives on, on, uh, on television is because there's just not any funny ones. There's not any funny ones. I don't know if I'm sure I've danced around this story before in the past. I did a show. This is right before I started working. I, I, I had just come off. Uh, I was, we were getting towards the end of the run of anger management on FX. And some friends of mine, some acquaintances of mine, threw together some money. And we were like, let's do it. Let's do a right-leaning version. Let's do a right-leaning version of The Daily Show. That's fun. We could do a green screen bit, talk about the news of the day, do interviews. And uh, no one would pick up the show. We made a pilot. We made a pilot. Filmed it in, in Dallas. Oh, there's going to be some F-bombs. This one's going to get salty. This one's going to get salty. We shot the pilot. The name of the show was The Flip Side, which is a pretty cool name. Not a bad name. You know, like, hey, in the news, there's this. And then on the flip side, you know, it's great. In, whatever. Here's how bad the pushback was. We used a, we put together a sizzle reel for it. Because you, you film the pilot and you do a sizzle reel. Then you shoot it around to all the, you know, ABC, NBC, cable shows, you, all the networks, all that stuff. We used a Foo Fighters song for the sizzle reel. This was never for broadcast. This was never for anything other than to promote the idea of the possibility of a show like this and to see if there was any interest. We got a cease and desist order from Warner Brothers. We got a flipping cease and desist for using a Foo Fighters song in the fucking sizzle reel. Okay, so let's set that aside. So yeah, everybody passed. 
Everybody passed. Can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. Ah, yeah, we can't do that, we can't do that. So then we're like, you know what, screw it, you can do it yourself. I didn't really, I didn't even know this this existed until uh, 2014. Good Lord, it was that long ago. But there's a, uh, there's like a convention in Florida and you have all the, you know, you, you, you turn on the TV late at night and you see these weird ass shows, these like weird animal rescue shows and these weird like Byron Allen shows. This is what you do. You make a TV show, you take it down to this Florida group and they get together with all these little independent uh, TV stations across the country and they go, oh, we'll put that on. Yeah, that'd be a good one uh, at 11 o'clock or 1130 right after, you know, the other people for the people who don't want to watch the news, they can watch this. It's like alternative programming. So we did that. And quite a few stations decided to pick up the show. We had enough. We had enough stations. We're like, okay, we can do this. Here's the here's the catch. They were terrified. Now, the show was very funny. The show was funny. The interviews were, we had Cheryl Atkinson. Uh, we had people, uh, f- f- we had uh, gun experts. I'm trying to remember the name of that dude name. We had authors. We had freaking Stephen Crowder. We had Stephen Crowder back on in the day. Hey, Stephen, what's up? Uh, so it was, nothing was hurtful, nothing was harmful, nothing was mean-spirited. It was upbeat, upbeat, optimistic, blah, blah, blah. And these independent TV stations were so terrified. They're like, yeah, we picked it up, but we're going to put it on at like 3 in the morning. We're going to put it on at like 3, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. And because the advertisers were afraid, all you have to do is say, uh-oh, it, it leans to the right which is like common sense. It's like common sense comedy. So it was always a struggle. It was always a struggle. And then we were told we didn't exist. We were told we didn't exist. Now, smash cut to, uh, I get a job on another TV show. I got I get a call from another TV show. And this one, I was filming the flip side. We started in Dallas. Then we did the last two seasons at a comedy club. Uh, we filmed it at a freaking comedy club. Everybody was invited. It wasn't like we had like some, some right-wing exclusive only audience. We had everybody coming in and howling with laughter. So I got a job on another show. It filmed across the country. So we had to shut down production on the flip side, which was, I just, it was just too much to do. I, I try to do a lot. I do the podcast. I do the, the website. I do... Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer somehow had seen a, 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 a copy of the show, an episode, and he's like, ooh, this would, be, this would be good. Let's do this upright. Your problem was a, a lack of budget. And you need, you know, so Kelsey and I got together. He's a great dude. He's a phenomenal dude. And yeah, you're getting outed right now, bud. We, had a, we got a phenomenal showrunner. Came from the world of uh, late night television. Very funny, very talented dude. And so we get together with our agents. We tell them what we're going to do. They're completely supportive. We put together uh, what they call a pitch deck for here's the segments we would do. We, uh, we went around Hollywood pitching the show. And we would come out of these meetings. The most, Some of the most successful, I've pitched a lot of TV shows in my day. Some go better than others. This were prob- This was probably the most successful pitch ever. 
I mean, we would come out of these meetings uh, with with big, big, big outlets. And these people were, were just dying. And they loved it. And they, oh my gosh, Mike, you're funny. Kelsey, we love you. This thing, oh man, the, the your, your showrunner's great. These segments are hilarious. Oh, just could not have gone better. And then we started getting the emails. Your show's fantastic. Michael's wonderful. We love everyone involved. The show is would just make a pile of money. But we can't pick it up because we can't afford to look friendly to the right. That was it. We can't afford to look friendly to the right. So, yep, they know they'd make a lot of money. They know the show would be a hit, but they cannot afford to look friendly to the right. So the politics get in the way. The politics get in the way. You're not allowed to participate. So then everybody, like, uh, that show tonight, and here's this, go, this goes back to the CPAC of it all. So we're doing this sketch comedy show, that, that show tonight. And I'm going off, right, off, right off the article. Uh, they're asking, where is it? You know, where, why hasn't there been a right of center rejoinder to Saturday Night Live? Well, there is, bitches. And it's called That Show Tonight. Here's the problem. You can't just run out and sell a, a right of center version of Saturday Night Live. No one's going to pick it up. And then you're going to get squashed. So here's what we had to do. We had to go out and spend money and get our own servers. Oh, and they can't be Amazon servers because we all saw what happened to Parler. So you have to find this other group of people. The amount, the amount of work that goes, you can't just be creative. You can't just go, oh, this should be funny. Let's, let's film this. That'd be hilarious. You can't do it. You have to go get your own servers. Then you have to build your own website and you have to figure out a way to live stream it. You can't possibly be in the mainstream. They'll come, they'll, they'll shut you down. So that's what we did with that show tonight. We're like, okay, we'll grind it out. We'll grind it out this way. We're just having fun, doing funny stuff. Nothing's mean-spirited. And then stuff like this happens. Facebook is just like, yeah, you can't advertise. You can't advertise. There's nothing mean. There's nothing vicious or mean-spirited. But Facebook's like, yeah, we're not gonna. You you can't advertise. You can't advertise. That's a that's a uh, that's a, uh, a political comedy skit. But it's coming from the wrong angle. You're not allowed. So you can't advertise on Facebook. You can't advertise on Twitter. You can't advertise on YouTube. You can't advertise on Google. So you go, okay, I'll go around them. I'll go around these fuckers again. We'll just build up a huge following on, on this new platform, TikTok. And listen, yeah, I know about TikTok and Chinese and blah, 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 blah. They don't have the algorithm built yet. TikTok, kids, if you're thinking about getting involved in social media, I think the window is still open on TikTok. They haven't figured out their own algorithm. They're still writing it. They're still building it. So our stuff is blowing up. That show tonight is blowing up on TikTok. I mean, we're getting thousands of people a day. Thousands. And then we just get the, uh, the email from TikTok. Because we're, ma we're making fun of socialism and communism and stuff. And TikTok's just like, yeah, you don't exist anymore. Boom. Just killed. Just killed the whole thing. For uh, repeated violations, they claimed. Not one. Not one violation. Not one. But they go, oh, it's repeated. You're gone. And then they literally just, you, they delete you. And I'm such a freaking moron that I'll keep going, that I'll keep doing it.
because it needs to exist. This is the, they they realize the power of satire. They realize the power. This is why they're pushing back on Elon Musk with, with Twitter so bad. They want to control the flow. They want to control the narrative. And then uh, so they can claim, oh, there's, there's no pushback here. So this must be reality. It's not reality. So on we go. So on we go. And this is a great example. Uh, why are the skits at CPAC? So I was at CPAC. We had a, a huge booth. We've done, we've done quite a few sh- shows with, uh, with, with that show tonight. We're, you know, most, most television shows don't really find their sea legs. They don't find out you know, what, they're, what they're really capable of, what their strong suits is. You, you need a couple seasons. It's really towards the end of season two that television shows figure out what, they, what they're all about. And we'd done a handful of episodes, but bam, we did some bangers. We did some bangers. So I'm like, yep, we're really ready to, to let the world know we exist. So we go to CPAC. My buddy, uh, my buddy Joe, my buddy Joe DeBox, the guy who runs uh, the America First Warehouse. Great dude. Love it there. Love Joe. Love the America First Warehouse. He's doing something special. That's a freaking special dude and a really good crew. They're doing some great shit there. That's, that's our home. That's our studio. So Joe is like, well, let's go, man. People need to know about what's going on at the America First Warehouse and the media studio and what you guys are doing and our buddies at the Loud Majority and all this stuff. So we go, we get a booth. We got the sizzle reel going. The dude, oh, what's, what's his name? Dave something. Dave something from the Washington Post. And I recognize the guy. And he comes over, wants to talk to me. And I'm like, yep, let's do it. Let's do it. And we start talking about that show tonight and what we're doing and how funny and how we're doing it at the America First Warehouse and Jim Brewer's joining the cast and we're doing this and there's sold out shows and all this stuff. And Dave Weigel, Dave Weigel. And he's like looking at me, asking me questions. It's a, it's a good interview. And I'm like, yeah, I wrote on this show. I wrote on that show. Yeah, I'm doing some name dropping. I'm doing some name dropping. Because I'm not just, you know, uh, this is not just a, a, a bunch of uh, idiots from, from nowhere town getting together. Gee whiz, we'll make a show. I mean, there's an element of that. But like, I know my way around show business, stand-up, television shows, comedy specials. We got, and then with Brewer involved and, and, and other people like Nick Searcy's going to do shows and Christy Swanson's going to do shows and all kinds of other people. Like, this is the real deal. You could almost smell the fear coming off of this dude, Dave Weigel. CPAC was months ago. It was a, it was a fun interview. And I could just see, I could see him shaking like a little freaking turd blossom on a leaf. If that's even a thing. And then he's like, well, uh, uh, what I usually do is I usually go back and I listen to my interviews. I'm getting a lot of stuff. And uh, this might not come out for a couple weeks. And it hasn't come out at all. Because that's their worst nightmare. Well, it's one of their worst nightmares. (laughs) I think it's in the top three. (laughs) 
the, one of the top one of the top three nightmares of the left is have people who actually know what they're doing and they're actually funny being allowed to participate in culture. Because the one, the one dude you can point to is is uh, is my buddy Greg Gutfeld. It's insane that Fox News let him have a show. Like, talk about forward thinking. Whoever let Greg Gutfeld uh, do Red Eye, just that little teeny tiny show, middle of the night, boom, explosive. Then they had the balls. Oh, give Fox News all the credit in the world. Then they had the balls to give Greg a show at 11 o'clock. And he is doing quite well. He is doing quite well. He beats everybody routinely. And if you think network executives aren't looking at that and and they're terrified, oh my gosh, they're making fun of us. Oh my gosh, it's not even mean. It's just snarky and fun. It's, it is Greg being Greg uh, and all that good stuff. They don't want it to exist. It's exactly like Twitter. If it doesn't exist, they never have to comment on it. And then, and then uh, they can just control, here's what we'll talk about. We'll talk about this funny skit Saturday Night Live did. We'll talk about this wonderful thing AOC said. We'll talk about this wonderful thing that's going on uh, that uh, Nancy Pelosi just did. And they'll never have to discuss the people who are making fun of them. Yeah, they know. They know the power of, of mockery. They know the power of pop culture. And here's why they're getting nervous now. Because so many, so many conservative comedians have figured out, we, you just got to do your own thing. You just got to go to, uh, you got to create your own internet. These sons of bitches, they're like, hey, you don't like our, our platform, start your own. Okay. So you get kicked off Parlor, you got to go over here. You get kicked off YouTube, you got to go over to Rumble. You get kicked off this, you got to start Locals. You got you to gotta go to Truth Social. We keep playing by their rules. And it's just so frustrating. And to see them come out with another piece like this, like, why don't they exist? Where is it? Bitches, I would routinely... When I was doing the flip side, at least twice a year, I would get a call uh, and do an interview with uh, the BBC, BBC Radio, BBC Radio 4, I believe. And the dude would just check up. He could not believe that the flip side wasn't like a mainstream show. Like, how is that, you know, why is that not on everywhere? And he was talking in England, every like major political faction, they have their own political comedy show. But nope, not in America. Only the left is allowed to participate. Only the left is allowed to participate. And when the right does, it's some underground secret thing because they made it that way. Wow. There might be more. There might be more. Hopefully, uh, the, the, the pushback is working. You know, it's for all the trouble that we had to go through with that show tonight, uh, people keep subscribing. Thank you for subscribing. Every every $5 subscription really, really helps. And we just get a little bit better and a little bit bigger. And I'm, I'm prepared. I'm that dude. I am that dude. I'll just keep going. Because you told me I can't. 
And it makes a difference. The, they're never going to admit that it's making a difference. They're never, they're never, they're never going to really come to grips with it. But they're making little turns. Netflix just made a little turn. I believe Disney's going to make a little turn here. But it's not enough. It's not nearly enough. This is like therapy. That was like therapy for me. It was really good. It's not, uh, the country's not going well. The, it's, it's not going well. Jesus. I was talking to my buddy the other day. I'm like, they're, they're freaking running out of baby formula. They're running out of baby formula. In the United States, listen, Jimmy Carter on his worst day, with, with like, like in the, in the was 70 something, whenever he was president, he didn't run out of baby food. For fuck's sake. For fuck's sake. We got to make fun of all of it. I want to talk about the Netflix thing. It's the Netflix thing and then and Biden canceling oil leases because he's so worried. He's so worried about the price of gas. And he's canceling oil leases. Running out of baby formula. Marvel has some new trans superhero. We're going to make fun of that. That's just idiotic. There's a ton of good stuff. And then, of course... There's going to be more on Patreon. We got some new people on Patreon. Welcome aboard. Thank you guys so much for being here. Listen, every little bit helps. You got, there's a, there's a lot. This ain't, this ain't, uh, this ain't HBO we're talking about. This, uh, we, we're not, we're not talking about big budget stuff. So every subscription to that show tonight helps. Every, every, uh, Patreon, uh, buck helps i'm trying to be uh, very cool anyway we got to take a break we'll take a break we're, we're gonna come back uh with netflix and uh and baby formula and trans superheroes it's the state of conservative comedy Derek's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. After the third time jump-starting my car, I finally realized my battery was dying. So I stopped by O'Reilly to have it checked. They tested it right there in the parking lot. It was bad, real bad. But they helped me find the right battery for my car and even installed it for free. Now my car starts like new. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Ready to stand out, Army ROTC prepares you not only as a college student, but as a strong leader, allowing you to earn the rank of second lieutenant. You will be eligible for full tuition, merit-based scholarships, and develop leadership skills essential for your future. Start strong and enhance your college experience. Visit your campus Army ROTC representative today. To find out how you can earn up to a full tuition scholarship, visit GoArmy.com podcast to locate your closest ROTC program today. Army officers inspire strength in others. Paid for by the United States Army. I think I got it out of my system. I think I did. I might need more time to deal with my emotions. I might need some time to deal with my emotions. I might need some time. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. Okay. 
Let's talk about the Netflix thing. Let's get into that. Uh, here's how they say boycotts don't work. They say, and I don't know if this was, this wasn't like an organized uh, boycott on Netflix. This was just, uh, Netflix had a bunch of shit that sucked. I know they did that show Cuties and people flipped out about that. I didn't even look. I didn't even look, but there was some blowback off of Cuties, and then they completely uh, destroyed the much-beloved Cowboy Bebop. We talked about that on the show. And then, of course, the Dave Chappelle fiasco. The Dave Chappelle fiasco with the trans jokes and all that good stuff. So Netflix has lost a ton of money. They have lost a ton of subscribers. They also lost a ton of content. Never forget, once upon a time, they had Daredevil, they had The Punisher, they had a bunch of Marvel properties that Disney said, nope, no moss, we're leaving your platform, we're going to go to another one. So it has been, uh, the hits just keep coming for Netflix with the, the Dave Chappelle trans jokes being uh, the latest and the greatest. So Netflix uh, released a, uh, a memo to their employees and they pretty much said, if you don't like it, you can leave. <laughs> if you are offended, you can quit. That is uh, the most wonderful thing I've heard in a long time. That's some common sense. Here's here's the problem. When you're when you're trying to create something any kind of artistic endeavor and then somebody from somebody goes, "Oh, you know that character, they need to be gay." Cuz we need to have this is what Disney's doing. You know, "Oh, we have to celebrate this part of the community. We have to really put this part of the community to the forefront. The LGBTQIX elemental PG2YBB plus plus ding ding dong dong bang ding dong 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 ding bang." And they just tell you this character has to be this for no other reason than it just has to be. It's not the best for the comedy. It's not the best for the story. It's not the best for the piece of creative entertainment or for art. It just has to be because they said so. That's when your shit's going to start to suck. It's already hard to make something good. For fuck's sake, it's already hard to tell a great story that hasn't been done to death under the best of conditions. And anybody in Hollywood will tell you the exact same thing. Anybody who's ever tried to create anything. Can you imagine? Oh, this is, that's, let's go back. Let's go back to great pieces of, uh, of literature and just demand that one of the characters uh, be gay. <laughs> right? Hey, uh, A.A. Milne, I know you're working on this, uh, this children's book, but hey, uh, what if, uh, what if, what if Tigger was just a, a flaming homosexual? What if that, and now you're, you, now we're all thinking about it, and as I'm saying it, like, <laughs> Rabbit was gay. <laughs> oh my God, it's already in there. <laughs> Rabbit wasn't gay. Rabbit was just high strung. <laughs> Rabbit was just high strung. Uh, okay, so Netflix has pushed back. They push has come to shove. They're losing so much money 
It's so bad. I tell you what, if you look around the Netflix offices, they're like, ooh, Dave Chappelle's going to save our ass. Dave Chappelle's going to save the day. So you need to let people just create. You have to let people just, just create. Just tell a good story. Just entertain me. Just make me laugh. Or just make me worry if you're doing drama. Do your thing. Don't put more shackles on of like, oh, this character has to be that or else. And if you look at the, uh, and, and this cut, this, this is going to dovetail into Amazon's uh, Lord of the Fangs, the Fangs of Power. But look at the, because they want, they want Amazon's Lord of the Fangs, the Fangs of Power. To be a global hit. This has to be a global hit. Well, why don't you look at your last big global hit? A thing called uh, Squid Game. Remember that? Squid Game? I don't remember a lot of diversity there. I just kind of remember a phenomenal story with a lot of uh, with a lot of Asian people. Where where were all the white people? The white people were the one behind the masks. The white people were the bad guys. They were the white guys. It was the rich white Westerners that were just the villains of the piece. Not a lot of diversity. And I I give zero shits that it was the angry, ugly, masked up American Westerners that were the villains. That was just a great piece of entertainment. Squid game, squid game. But here we go. Netflix has issued a memo. You can work. You can just go somewhere else. We can't get in the way of uh, uh, people's artistic expression. That's the healthiest thing ever. That's the healthiest thing ever. Now, if they could just go back and hire someone uh, with some actual talent to uh, do Cowboy Bebop. That's that's another one. one. That one really sticks in my craw, you guys. If you haven't seen Cowboy Bebop, just watch it. It's one of those things that you should really have in in your Rolodex of, of pieces of entertainment that you're aware of. You know, it's like there's certain books that everybody should read. There's certain, like, listen, I had no, like, the new Avatar movies coming out, right? And, like, Avatar, blah, blah. I didn't, and Titanic was another one where I'm, and it's nothing against James Cameron, but it's just like, ugh. I didn't want to go see it, but there's like these cultural touchstones. You're like, okay, I need to go see this because evidently this is a thing and I want to know what the fuck I'm talking about when I talk about it on stage or at cocktail parties or whatever. I saw uh, Avatar. It was freaking beautiful. Like this is it's just a beautiful movie. Not a whole lot of... Uh, not a whole lot of diversity in Avatar either. <laughs> ah, ah, it makes me, it makes me laugh. Yeah, and I wanted to, I wanted to. Ooh. Okay. Moving on. So they're they're gonna try to make uh, they're gonna try to make uh, Amazon's The Fangs of Power a, a global hit by it's just the most r- ridiculous notion coming out of Amazon. They're, they're changing this and they're, they're doing this and under the guise of, this is the one that I can't get over. This is the one that I can't get over. They, they, J.R. Tolkien uh, created Lord of the Rings, the Silmarillion and all this other stuff, but uh, we want this show to reflect today's world. 
What the fuck are you talking about? He created an entire world. That's the entire world that you're dealing with. We want it to reflect today's world. What? Why do you think people read that shit? Because it wasn't today's world, you dumbasses. Can we please get someone who actually cares about this shit uh, to be in charge? It's just unbelievable. It's like the, the, the no-name, nobody showrunners, the guys who were in charge of Cowboy Bebop. We want this to look like today. We want it like, you suck. You suck. And it's like they're doing it to Star Wars. They're doing it to, to Lord of the Rings. I don't even know who the showrunners are for the freaking uh, Lord of the Rings stuff. But it's just absolutely, absolutely awful. All right, I promised I, I would talk about this. We got to talk about, uh, it's a kind of a, a hard turn. I don't care. I don't care. There's going to be so much stuff in the, the Patreon uh, segment. So we're talking, we got we to talk about the economy and, and all this other stuff. Like, I cannot believe, here's what is a constant shock to me. Like, that the voices of dissent aren't louder. That there's not more. The price of gas, like, no, the price of gas is through the roof. The price of everything, inflation, is just through the roof. None of this is going well. Our military, I got very little, I got very little faith in our military. I just said it. If, you, if you've served or you know someone in the service, God bless you. Be, continue to be awesome. But it's like the generals and the crap they're worried about. Oh, we got to make all our, all our uh, military vehicles climate friendly. What the fuck are you talking about? We need to kill people. We need, it. we need the ability to kill the enemy very quickly. I don't care how it runs. So the country's not in great shape. And the only thing I can even think to compare it to is like Jimmy, Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. But at least with Jimmy Carter, and this, this was the, the tease uh, coming out of the A block. At, at least they could feed babies. This is the craziest thing. You, you've, you've legit got uh, a, a, a crisis of baby formula. There's stores that are limiting how many you can you can buy. Oh, you came into Target? Yeah, you can only get uh, two containers. You come into Walgreens? Oh, you can only get uh, uh, three containers. If you've ever had a kid, if you've ever, you, something changes in your head. Something, you get rewired and, and your baby is the most important thing thing and then you never flip back and if i if i was in a time machine and i was going back to the days of like oh you're running out of formula or for fuck's sake running out of diapers <laughs> running out of diapers is bad i can't even imagine the the panic of of new moms and new dads going oh crap we only have half a thing left what are we gonna do that's a failure, man. That that is a failure. Those the southern border. That's another giant failure. But here's the deal. Uh, I, I I really think, like with the southern border, something has to be done. Obviously, something has to be done. But you cannot hide how shitty things are being run forever. And even I, I'm telling you, even with the new people coming across the border. 
They're going to be voting. They're going to be voting for Trump in 2024 or DeSantis or whoever it is. But yeah, when 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 the government is failing so spectacularly, uh, it's gonna you're gonna have a hard time convincing people. Oh, but if we just had more, if we just had more government, it would be going better. And that's what they're gonna try to do. And that's why they don't want the voices of of dissent rising up. And that's why they're so mad about Elon Musk getting Twitter. And this is why Facebook ba 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 because they're I can't believe people aren't not rioting, but like marching in the streets. When Joe Biden, just just with gas, just with the price of gas, we just need to drill more. We we know this. It's unbelievable that they act like this is some kind of mystery. We we remember it. I I can distinctly remember in in 2019 and early 2020 wow gas we 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 had more energy we were actually selling it to other companies we were doing x y and z they just don't want to do it again they just don't want to drill they must want this to happen and that's a terrifying notion that's a terrifying notion so Biden just canceled a couple of uh, oil leases. It's, it's, on, it's in Alaska, and we need to protect it. And we, we got here. Da, da, da. So he can say that he cares, and he can say, I'm doing everything I can do. Obviously, you're not. Obviously, you're not. You freaking... It's got to be... It's got to be intentional. I cannot... Here's the, here's the weird thing that you kind of have to uh, laugh about because it's so like straight out of a James Bond movie is the Bill Gates of it all. The Bill Gates of it all. He's like, uh, hey, I'm going to get invested in some vaccines. I think think vaccines are going to be the next big thing. Pandemic. COVID. (laughs) Oh, hey, look, that vaccine bet. Now he's buying up farmland everywhere. He's like the number one owner of farmland in America, like the private. Oh, oh, there's going to be a food shortage. They say, watch out. (laughs) And now Bill Gates has a company. He's like, hey, we're making a a biotech uh, lab made milk. Yeah, it's a it's a bio lab milk for babies. What are the odds? Oh, now there's a formula shortage. You can say it's all a supply chain, but it looks, it looks so dubious. And then you factor in uh, what uh, Bill Gates' dad, Bill Gates' old, Bill Gates' old man had some very, very um, strong opinions about how many people should be on the planet. He was one of those, uh, he was one of those people who were, who were, they were freaking out back in the day, the late 60s early 70s. There's too many people on the planet. We're going to starve to death. Soil and green is people. We're going to have to make food out of people. There's just going to be too many people. We got to figure out a way to to decrease the amount of people. So that's the house. That's the house Bill Gates grew up in. He grew up in a house where uh, probably every other night around the dinner table, his dad was like, oh boy, he's got to get rid of a bunch of people. Got to get rid of a bunch of people. And now Bill Gates is running around the country. Hey, take my vaccine. (laughs) Nope. Hey, do you need some milk for your baby? It's real healthy. (laughs) Hey, 
this wouldn't have uh, this wouldn't have anything to do with uh, too many people on the planet. What? Oh no, no, no! It's great. It's great. Everything's going wonderful. Oh my gosh! So yeah, they're having a hard time. There's a there's a uh, there's a wow fifty percent of baby formula supply is out of stock in eight states. Boom. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. And then uh, you have the, and hopefully, this is the first thought everybody goes to. You don't have baby formula? Just breastfeed. Just breastfeed. Hey, kids. Um, not every mom can do that. Not there, And some babies have a hard time latching. There's, it's not, it's not as easy as that. You think it would be. It'd be like, hey, whip out your tit, give baby a drink. Not as easy as that. That's why, you know, back in medieval days, they had, they had, they had wet nurses. They're like, hey, her titty, like, has a lot of milk, babies latch on. That's your job. That's, you, you are going to be a, you're going to be a wet nurse. Oh, uh, I'm not going to go there for comedy. I'm not going to go there for comedy. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about Marvel Comics here. Oh, we got to talk. Oh, I want to talk about a little bit about uh, in excess. In excess. Here's okay. So here's some things that are. I'll just tease this for the Patreon stuff. We got to talk about uh, Fred Ward, the actor who passed. Dude was just great. Uh. We got to talk about, I'm going to talk a little bit about NXS. I put them up on Sunday jams. I got very melancholy about that. I got a little, I got a little NXS story. Uh, it's, it's a little melancholy, but boy, don't sleep on that band. They had some great stuff. I want to talk about a YouTuber that I like. This dude, Robot Head. Oh, we also have to talk about, uh, we have to talk about, yeah, this new uh, trans superhero that Marvel's coming out because evidently they they're, they're they're trying to set a new record for how how deep into the dirt they can drive the comic book industry. Uh, and we have to find out if there's any truth to the rumor uh, that Nancy Pelosi just opened up a liquor store on Capitol Hill. If she did, I need to say a special prayer of thanks to the Lord. If Nancy Pelosi really opened up a liquor store on Capitol Hill, so that that's all going to be a lot of that's going to be on Patreon. I want to uh, I want to talk about in excess a little bit. So I do I pick the the artists for Sunday jams. I do it sometimes. Uh, sometimes Cranky Gordon does it. Lisa did it last week, I believe. Lisa did it. I'm going to scroll back. She picked this really cool like indie band out of Florida. Uh, and I, I want to mention their name again. If I can find it. There's some, there's such great stuff at the website. I hope you guys are enjoying the website a tenth of the amount as, as I'm loving it. Oh no, I did last week. I did Jackson Brown. I got so mad. I got so mad at Jackson Brown with the loadout and stay. Stay. Just a little bit longer. Is that it? I think that is. Stay. 
just a little bit longer. I don't know. You got to play those songs back to back. Okay, so this week was a toss-up. This was a toss-up. My my first instinct was to go with uh, Lana Del Rey. I know, Lana Del Rey. Here's, you guys, uh, Lana Del Rey writes some great songs. That, and I, I find her to be insanely sexy. Like, there's a, a sultry, like she, like, she doesn't have to grow as an artist. She doesn't have to try new shit ever, in my opinion. You just keep making those same songs. But that's like, listen, it's so sexy, it's so great, it's so sultry and just fucking, that's not a Sunday jam song. That's like a that's like a Saturday night song. You you that's that's some music to bang to. And that's not Sunday jams. I mean maybe that maybe you, that's when you do your best work. Maybe that's when you're really uh really just doing your your best banging is on Sundays. But I I'm a nighttime banger. I'll just <laughs> I like if you uh, the, if I had to pick between daytime and nighttime banging, I like the nighttime banging. There's nothing wrong with daytime banging. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Okay, let's talk about Sunday jams uh, and in excess. So I picked three, uh, as as I always do. But I was reminded of this the lead singer, that Michael Hutchins dude, and I guess it always comes up. And if I was members of the band. You know, you're more than just, you know, Michael Hutchins, you know, killing himself accidentally uh, with that auto-erotic asphyxiation. And I guess they tried with the new lead singer and stuff. They might be hanging it up. But it's just such a drag. That was a good, uh, that, that was just a great band. And I don't know if you, their first big hit, the one, the first one I can remember uh, was that song, don't change for you. Don't change a thing. For, and it has just like that guitar part. It's just, it's just the whole song is just driving and great. And, and Hutchins is a great front man, but the band is good. And then you scroll through their songs and you're like, damn, that's a lot of good music. That's a lot of great music. I wish they could get it together again. I wish they could get... Like, you know, ACDC, holy smoke. For ACDC to lose Bon Scott and then be, being able to replace him uh, with uh, Brian, Brian Johnson is just epic. Like one in a million, one in a million. And, and in excess, it's, it's such like a pocket vibe. There's such a, they're in like more of a, I don't want to say more of a groove, but it just sucks. I feel bad for him. And Michael Hutchins, uh, that's just tragic. That's just tragic. And everybody remembers the, uh, the like, autoerotic asphyxiation bit. But it's worth noting that I guess that guy was a real, like, uh, he really enjoyed, uh, you know, fine wine and fine dining and gourmet. And, like, he got bonked by a car. I want to say in Paris. I think he was... Just finishing up a dinner or going to dinner or whatever and uh, got hit by a car. 
took a nasty bonk to the head and it messed up his sense of uh, taste and smell. So then that's gone. So then now, you know, if you're a, you know, granted he can still sing, he can still hear, but like, boy, that food is a big, that's a pleasure. I love eating. I love eating. I love the smell of food. I love thinking about, I could be eating something delicious and thinking about when I'm going to be able to eat it again as I'm eating it. (laughs) I'll be eating something delicious going, ooh, yeah, I could have this again on Friday. Ooh, I could eat this. So, so yeah, the auto, you, you take away that big hunk of pleasure and then, okay, so... This autoerotic asphyxiation, this, uh, yeah, you kind of, oh, that's, that, never going to try it. That's one of the things, kids, I'm never going to try it because it must be fantastic. It must be fantastic. Remember there was a guy that, uh, was it John Carradine, David Carradine? It was a Carradine who went out like that. <laughs> it's like, I'm not, it must be great. It must be great. Because if you if you're doing that, uh, and then you read like, ooh, that guy just he, he ooh he just killed himself accidentally by doing that. Uh, maybe I'll take a break. Uh, I gotta go back. So, go to the website. We got in excess. I wish I. It just it just sucks. I wish they I wish I wish they were still around. I wish they were still making music. Here's some more stuff on the website that I just. Uh, oh. Well, it's got to go to Patreon. Uh, Robot Head and Star Wars. But holy smokes. Oh, we're going to talk about the metaverse. Oh, and if you want to see Madonna's, uh, if you want to see Madonna's uh, 3D VJJ, make sure you go to the website. Madonna is so, oh, oh. Yeah, go to Patreon. I'm writing it down now. My Madonna story. Madonna, and this goes to a conservative comedy too. It's the conservative comedy show. Madonna, I gotta write it down. Conservative comedy. Okay, so she she's so into herself, and she's always reinventing her. She did like NFTs or NT whatever those non fungible token deals. But she had herself like it's like a cartoon of her, but she had it's like her body scanned, and she's naked and giving birth to butterflies. Or as or as Lisa said, moths. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Cranky put that out there, and uh, oh my gosh, there's just fantastic stuff. There's just fantastic stuff everywhere. We got a margarita. If you guys like margaritas, I got five of them for you. I got five of them. Super easy. Bang bang boom. You're gonna be uh, loving life. And oh. Okay, so yeah, you're just gonna have to go. You're just gonna have to go to uh, uh, Patreon to check the rest of it out. We got a, a ton more show over there. You guys are so completely awesome. Uh, we wanna stay just a little bit longer. That was horrible. I love you guys. You're fantastic. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing the content. Thanks for subscribing here and over at YouTube. And ooh. Make sure you hit the little bell notification. I just had a guy on YouTube. He's like, dude, I've missed like four videos. I thought you quit. Then I went to your, I went to the YouTube channel. I'm like, holy crap, I'm not getting notified. So there's shenanigans everywhere. There's shenanigans everywhere. All right, everybody, I will see you over at the Patreon. Boom.
Boom! Love you. Ooh, one more question. Why are those pants still on?